welcome to episode one of Girls Got Goals. I'm your host, Chelsea Reed. And I'm your host, Brittany Fraze. We're super excited to be jumping into episode one of the podcast with you, which is all about our mission, how we came up with our name, and a little bit about each of us. Our goal is to educate, entertain, and inspire you by sharing our raw and honest truths, along with tangible advice to inspire and motivate the modern-day women who are actively working toward their goals and ultimately pursuing their most authentic self. We hope that by sharing our personal vulnerability and bringing you uplifting and inspiring guests, you will walk away from each episode with a sense of empowerment and the knowledge that you are part of a movement of women supporting one another while juggling the demands of everyday life. So the name, Britt, would you say that it was a simple process? Well, considering we're sitting in a car right now filming this podcast, we Googled it multiple times. We did keywords, we went to Marshalls, Winners, looked at coffee mugs, stationery, <laughs> trying to figure out what to call it. I probably wouldn't say simple. Yeah, I have to agree. I definitely thought that with the mission we had in mind, it would be really simple and clear and just kind of flow and come to us. And it was anything but easy. I think that we got in our heads a little bit about finding that perfect name, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like everything we thought would be a good idea for a name was just like taken or already in use or wasn't enough of what we wanted it to say. Yeah, we really wanted it to be kind of a clear, um, clear cut name and like really speak to the audience that we were trying to reach out to, right? A girl that has goals. Pretty simple. (laughs) (laughs) You would think. Okay. So now that you guys have a clear idea about what our show is all about and what it means to us, I guess the next logical step would be to share a little bit about us and how we connected, shall we? Sure. So I was a stay-at-home mom for a couple years and in that time started working on a little side business and started going with the flow and figuring out how I could work from home and still be there for my kids and ultimately ended up going back to work and uh, work doing some stuff with child protection, but now have two jobs I do because I started reselling clothing as well. So going back to work and figuring that all out, it basically made me realize that I want to stay at home, change my mind, and the only way I can do that is by being a girl who's got goals and working on becoming more successful so I can spend more time with my kids. Yeah, absolutely. I think our stories are super similar and that's why I feel like that we connected so easily initially, Mm -hmm. like right off of the bat, right? We are both moms and we just have this drive to be able to spend time with our families and do more things that having that nine to five just didn't allow us to do. And the fact that there's no childcare out here where we live. <laughs> yeah, it is so hard to find childcare. And it is like a mortgage payment to send your kid to daycare. It's absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So yeah, being home with our kids is the ultimate goal. Um, I know for myself, I kind of came out of high school right away with the idea that I was going to be an entrepreneur. I got myself involved in network marketing right away, which was an awesome way to dip my toes into um, the entrepreneurial lifestyle, but it just wasn't for me. So shortly after doing that, actually, is when I got pregnant with Avery, with my oldest, and I took a nine-to-five job because I needed the security at the time, and that was what made the most sense to me. And after a while of doing that, I was just sick and tired of it. I just didn't want to be doing it anymore, so I dabbled in a few other companies and different um, ways of making 
an income and creating that freedom for myself, including like starting my own soap business, which I just thought would be like the coolest thing. I made natural products for myself all the time. So why wouldn't I do it on a big scale? And I just realized that it wasn't for me. So while um, pursuing, you know, something new while I was pregnant with my second baby after actually being let go from my nine to five job at the time, I realized that I just wanted to do something completely different and I wanted to do something that felt totally mine Mm. and that I could be really excited about. And that's when I actually ended up getting into the life coaching space. And that kind of ties into what we're doing now and just sharing advice and experiences with women, um, just based on the experiences, the journeys that we've personally gone through. So I just feel like they're kind of connected and I love that. And I feel like you and me just vibed on the fact that we have similar desires for our life. And I definitely think to be that working woman or being that woman who has that side hustle, it's a completely, I don't want to say different woman than someone who just has a nine to five or who gets to stay at home, but it's a bigger challenge. It's more work. You're in this space where you recognize others who are doing the same because it means staying up later. It means shutting yourself out from the world to try and get like some extra work done and to try and, you know, you're working off the side of your table. So sometimes everyone will be outside and there you are inside, like listing a few clothing items or taking pictures or in your case, doing life coaching or, you know, like bettering yourself. And it's just so hard sometimes to be that person who's just like, you know what? Sorry, I can't go out for supper or like to make that no or to Mm -hmm. say that no because you have this goal in mind that you're trying to reach to and you don't want anything standing in your way and that may be other people um, who don't realize what you're doing and I think that's the hardest part because a lot of times the people who hold us back are the ones that are close to us and you kind of get in this group where it's like even the people who were your friends before don't understand where you're coming from and then they kind of just like don't relate anymore and aren't on the same path and then just kind of feel like you're singling them out or don't want to be with like be their friend or whatever that is right so yeah totally and I feel like for myself too even coming into you know you and me connecting most of my friends are in you know really I guess what they would call secure and um like serious nine to fives whether it's with government or whatever and and that's what they're content with and they really struggle to understand when I have to say no to things or when I set those boundaries and that's what I really appreciated about you um, and the friendship that we have is I feel like there's this mutual understanding and this support and kind of cheering each other on um, even if it's from the sidelines or silently um, because we kind of know what we're going through right so I think that's a big piece of yeah absolutely I have two sets of parents uh, my mom and my stepdad and my dad and my mom and and my dad and my stepmom my apologies and my dad and my stepmom come from the nine to five you know, you need to work for someone else and have that structure. You got to get that pension. You have to do it that way because that's the most secure. Whereas like my mom and my stepdad, they work for themselves. They own their own business and they hustle hard. I went into university and then straight into like that nine to five worked for the government, like the typical way to go, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, after meeting my husband, uh, Tyler and having kids, I just realized like, that's not what I wanted and watching him just like push so hard to like achieve his dreams and he has done something similar in the past and like just very entrepreneurial it just made me like realize like it's okay to be me and to do what I want and Mm -hmm. it was a big risk because we had um not a lot but about a thousand dollars in our savings and uh, he basically told me to take it and run one run with what I wanted to do and uh, I was really afraid to like fuck it up like I was like I can't do this like this is a thousand dollars like this can go to something else a couch uh 
you name it, like whatever it could be something for the house. Like we just moved into our home a year ago and I was so afraid. And he was like, don't worry about it. If we lose it, we lose it. But at least you say you tried. Yeah. And he's like, and I was like, that's absolutely true because I wouldn't want anything more than for my kids to see me trying to do something I love instead mm-hmm. of being stuck in something I hate. Mm-hmm. I love that you say that actually, because that's super powerful. And like, it's very similar to my experience too, is my parents really conditioned me to believe that there was a certain path you needed to take. Mm-hmm. It was at getting an education, you know, post-secondary education, um, and then landing a job and just doing things in this order and making sure you're financially secure in that way. And that just never felt right to me. And when I met Rick, his family was very much the same. They were very old school and he didn't really understand my entrepreneurial kind of vibes or just those desires for a long time. And it actually took him, it took me kind of breaking down and just saying to him, like, I'm not cut out. I'm not meant for this, like following the the same path as everybody else. And I, I want to try something different and I want to go all in and something that feels really good to me. And he was actually able to open up to that opportunity. And I was, I'm really thankful for it because otherwise I probably just would have stuck it out in a job that I wasn't happy with just to kind of appease him. Like I, I found my voice and I really spoke to what I wanted to do. And I'm glad that I did because now he's one of my biggest supporters. And I have to say that having a spouse who, even if they don't sometimes understand what you're doing, mm. um, just understanding your vision and really kind of sharing that with you. Absolutely. And I feel like that was the struggle for me too. When Tyler first started, um, doing some more of his entrepreneurial stuff, I was just like not supportive in the sense of like keeping the kids away. And even to this day, like he works hard. We have, um, some employees actually, I shouldn't say we, I should say he has some employees who are overseas and you know, they're up late and they're working hard through the night. So that means he's up late trying to, I guess what for them would be the daytime. Um, but basically he's up late working hard to try and, um, make another way to provide so he doesn't have to work full time. Like he can be home and have more tension and spend more time with the kids. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people still don't understand that, like where we're at and how we're trying to make it work. And, you know, just like, even sometimes, sometimes my mom will be like, Oh, like, well, he needs to get up and like, he should be up with the kids and like, you're up with the kids. And it's like, yes, but where, what are we willing to sacrifice to reach the ultimate goal? And I think that sometimes, mm other people don't see because they're not in that relationship right Mm -hmm. that so they can't from the outside looking in you don't see what we're trying to strive for or you don't think it's worth it Mm -hmm. um whereas like we know this is what we want to do these are the steps we need to get there Mm -hmm. and nicks all the other people who think that's wrong (laughs) yeah absolutely i love that you bring up the word sacrifice too because i feel like people don't understand that if they're not you know, in the same kind of season of life as you, or they're not going through the same thing. They don't look at what you're doing as a sacrifice necessarily. They just kind of think it, or they look at it almost as like an act of selfishness is how I feel that a lot of people in my circle have felt. And it's really hard to make people understand that this is not necessarily something that you want to do or that you want to give up or that you want to say no to. But at the end of the day, if you have a big vision and you have a massive goal that you want to accomplish that means having to sacrifice you know wine nights or having to sacrifice going to somebody's wedding social or whatever it is in order to work on the shit that actually matters to you right now and get get closer to your end goal and I think that that's something that often is overlooked and misunderstood by people who aren't in that same 
boat with you, right? Absolutely. Or like tweaking those goals. So instead of like going out for supper, like making it so you could like stay in or have people over where it's like more cost effective and less money that you would be spending of like going out. But a hundred percent, I agree. I think it's so important. You know, I look at the sacrifice and I'm like, yes, right now it's like a lot of work or like less sleep, but like eventually there's got to be a point where, you know, you'll be able to buy all the things Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, you, then you'll be fine. Yeah, Whenever for that now. Is. Yeah. You have to sell all your things to make things happen. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been there. I can yeah. talk on that. But So do you want to talk a little bit about how we connected in our friendship, or are we saving that for another episode, Brett? No, we can talk about it. I mean, like, basically, I guess people don't know us, but we are next-door neighbors. Mm-hmm. Like I said, sitting in the car in the driveway, talking... Um, about you know the podcast and how it came to be while our husbands are in the garage chatting away but uh and our kids are sleeping we hope yeah (laughs) fingers crossed everybody yeah but uh no I got like we uh found out we were next door neighbors because my husband nosy as he was um saw some people outside of our window uh putting up a sold sign on the lot that was next to our house and he decided he was going to take the garbage out to see who these people were that were moving <laughs> next door and uh found out it was uh, a guy he used to work with which is chelsea's husband or partner sorry soon to be husband he just Fingers doesn't crossed. know it yet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's been looking for the ring yeah <laughs> one of these days yeah. hint hint if you're listening rick <laughs> it must be hidden yeah but i feel like our meeting each other was definitely like divine intervention. I know that I was in a season of my life where I was just craving, you know, friendships that were really, um, aligned with where I was in life. And those wishes were answered for sure by having Uh the house next to you. (laughs) But girlfriends are also like super hard to find. Like, I don't know about you, but my sister just asked me the other day, she's uh, pregnant and there's that new app for like moms with babies. Really? It's like a Tinder app, but from moms oh my gosh I'm like first of all why wasn't this created before but second of all like really goes to show you like how hard it is to connect with other women because a lot of times we become so like defensive or like our guards come up because um we're kind of afraid what other people are going to think of us or where we're at in life or how we parent our kids if we're mothers or like what we're wearing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Cue mm-hmm. all the vulnerability. Yeah. And that's the problem is we don't become vulnerable. And we just have this facade and this fakeness that we share with everyone else. And it doesn't allow for that, like, real connection with other women. Yeah. And that's what we're missing because we're so afraid that someone else or another woman isn't going to support us, but they're going to try and pull us down. Yeah. I totally agree. I think that when I first was trying to connect with other moms, it was by like going to a play group or whatever, a baby and me group, whatever you want to call it. And I feel like everything was just so surface level. Like we talked about how often our baby slept and like whether we were nursing or formula feeding and like just all of this stuff. And that's what we felt like was the only thing that we had in common. So it's all we really talked about. Mm -hmm. And we really didn't have that or give ourselves that opportunity to really connect on the life stuff and like the deep stuff that actually made us who we were aside from a mom. And a lot of my friendships with my mom friends became just like, I'm a mom friendships. And Mm. I was definitely craving more than that. Having like, you know, I'm Chelsea too. Like I have so many other ambitions and dreams and things that I want to discuss, even though I love my kids so much, but that's cool. Tinder for moms. But Hmm. the beginning of any motherhood journey, I feel like you always kind of forget who you are because your life becomes like wrapped up in this baby, which is fine. But I agree. Like you're so like on the topic, I guess, of like sharing about 
um, feeding and whatever and how long your baby sleeps that you forget to like talk about the journey and how you're like, yeah, I totally just bawled my eyes out last night because I feel like I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And realizing that, oh my God, me too. I feel like I can't do this anymore either. I don't know how many times like in life or, you know, as a new mom, you had that feeling of just like, this is too much. Like I, Uh I'm the only one going through this. Like I can't share my journey, Uh but when you do share it and you like take away its power, you realize how many women and other people are actually going through the same thing as you are. Yeah. And that's where that connect, like that connectedness comes and you feel, um, just not alone. And you just have that ability to kind of like empower yourself based on the fact that you're not here by yourself and you have other women who are going through the same thing. Uh And, um, just that you can get through it. It's funny, like everything that you're kind of just mentioning there. Like the whole time I was thinking about the similarities between motherhood and entrepreneurship. Mm, like how it's yes. just this big kind of shit show roller coaster <laughs> and nobody knows what they're doing, but everybody pretends like they know what they're doing in order to save face. And that not a lot of people share the real messy like the failures or, you know, the hardships or the struggles, um, because they just want to kind of put on that facade that they're okay. And one of the best things I heard is like, you got to stop comparing your beginning to someone else's like middle and et cetera, because they're not the same. Mm -hmm. And I think it was David Bach who was saying like his grandmother actually became a millionaire by investing money. But the first time she ever invested, she lost it all. Yeah. So what does that say? Like, I mean, people are so afraid or like don't want to share the fact that they've like didn't succeed. Mm -hmm. And it's not about not succeeding or it's not about failing. It's about the fact that you get up after you failed and continue to push forward Mm -hmm. and like continue to grind it out because that's where success comes from. It's like failing over and over, but continuing to grow Mm -hmm. and to build. And that's where you learn like from those mistakes. Like Mm -hmm. I find so many people just want that like oh, I'm going to do it right now, fix. Like, it's just going to happen right away. It's like, it doesn't need to be work. It just needs to come to me and then I'll just earn it. But realistically, it's like hours upon hours um, of trying to like grind it out and like succeed and to be that entrepreneur person Mm -hmm. because it doesn't just come easy. It's not just like handed to you and you have to probably actually work more than you would a normal nine to five. Um, You know, and for us as moms, like with your kids, like throwing toys at you as you're like dodging them, trying to (laughs) type on the computer before they shut the laptop on you just to try and get the work done. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's a lot. It is. Honestly, like, I'll be real with you. I've, this is probably my fifth endeavor into like my own business, like my fifth attempt at something different like there was a few other things that I dipped my toes into before and I wouldn't say that I failed I learned that that path wasn't for me Mm. but I learned so many things about myself and about entrepreneurship and about the journey along the way that I was able to take into what I'm doing today and like there's no way like delayed gratification isn't a thing I feel like enough of enough people have people want instant success they want like I was reading this actually in a Rachel in Rachel Hollis's book Girl Stop Apologizing last night how she was talking about how people know her for the big stuff that she's done like for writing her books and you know for her um rise events and all of that stuff but they don't know right. her for the nine books or the eight books or whatever that she wrote before Girl Wash Your Face even yeah. hit the shelves they don't know her 
as the person who took every single small little pity party to plan and TV show, like local TV show to get on to, to get to where she is. Well, I think she self-published her first book. Like she didn't, she didn't have anyone publish it for her. She ended up having to publish it herself. Because publisher wouldn't sign it. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. And like, she's talking about how she also was kind of like that last minute pinch hitter where people, someone canceled on them. They knew to call her because she was so desperate to just like grow that she, Mm. she showed up. Like she was always there and like she worked those long nights and she sacrificed family time and she did all these things. And like reading her first book actually is a big piece of what gave me that kick in the ass and that boost to get to the point where I am now. But she shares all of those things that I didn't know until I read that book. I never would have known it. And Mm. I think that people just see the cover of girl, wash your face and think like, Oh my God, this person was like an overnight success. When in reality, I think she said that it's been like since 2000, like, yeah. Or 2008 or I don't know, something like that. But like, yeah. yeah, Like a decade or more of her just hustling and grinding it out to get to where she's at. Like, but I think that's the key. What you said there, like you got to show up. Yeah. You have to be there and be, like the best you every time you want to see your business business succeed sorry and just show up and be that person that uh kind of wants to wants to build their business and grow and and be better and like achieve your goals Mm. so that's what i was thinking anyways but yeah it's it's a lot a lot of work for sure absolutely anyways (laughs) anyways <laughs> sorry guys we were just had our notes on the computer and they're saying some, some something about can't download updates oh it's fine our notes but are right there we're good we can perfect. still see them anyways <laughs> enough about us <laughs> um is there anything you want to add on that note Chelsea? um you know i just want to say that like i know we kind of segued into motherhood and all of that stuff but this is not just for moms or moms who are trying to hustle a side business or to grow um outside of like their motherhood it is for all women who are chasing a goal who are motivated and who really want to make shit happen in their life you know against all odds and um despite what life has to throw at you and and um and we hope that we can reach out to you whether you're mom or you're not a mom and um business entrepreneur not a business entrepreneur Someone who stutters when they do podcasts. Even if you're not an entrepreneur, like, (laughs) if you just have a big goal to do something, like, run a fucking marathon or, like, I don't even know. It can be absolutely anything. It doesn't have to be to grow your business. Like, if you have something that is on your heart, that is in your soul, yes, whatever it is, like, we want to speak to you and we want to share with you. Cheer you on. Woo! You can do it! Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So all in all, we hope that by sharing pieces of our journeys and the information we know now and everything we wish we knew before, that you're inspired to start taking action towards your goals in spite of everything and everyone that you may feel is holding you back from your best life and feel just a little bit more understood and supported in your personal journey. Yes. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure that you subscribe. See, still can't talk. And keep (laughs) tuning in to future episodes. We love hearing from you. So let us know what you thought of episode number one. And don't forget to tell your friends about the show and let everyone know. Girls got more.